Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC. I'm in Arizona uh, with the Padres. Two games left in this series. Sorry that we're a day late. Jay Posner, Sports Area of the Union Tribune back in uh, San Diego. How was your Labor Day, Jay? Better than the Padres? Uh, well, it was It was okay. I, I can't say it was, it was too great because I went to the racetrack and didn't win any money. Uh, mm. So, uh, you know, that's how it goes. But uh, nobody got hurt, and, uh, including me and including the horses. So all was, uh, all right. all was well. And, and I'm not sorry that we're a day late. It was a holiday. So uh, okay. at least I was, I was permitted to take the holiday. You, you of course, were not. But, uh, and, right. and you had to watch bad baseball, whereas I was able to turn it off after the second inning, which seemed to be all that I needed to see from, uh, from the Padres yesterday. That was, that was not good. I, I don't know. Should we start Cal Quantrill? That's a couple bad starts in a row yeah. against NL West competition. Uh, is there anything that was said afterwards that sort of hinted as to what's happened here? Uh, just, you know, a couple, obviously everybody's entitled to, to bad outings and he sure didn't get any help yesterday, at least in the second inning. From His, his stuff was not as good this time but then it wasn't terrible and uh, the, the game got away from him and it got away from the Padres I am at this point that's really all that uh, I've uh, heard or, or I can say and it is true look they were all earned runs the eight runs he gave up the six runs in the uh, in the second however you could have seen where that that inning could have been like a one run inning maybe you know maybe oh, yeah. two or three yeah um, it, there was an error you know by the way, Mike Leake's runs have to be changed. I don't know. You didn't see that in the in the eighth inning. Anyway, Mike Leake, Fulbright guy, gave up four runs yesterday. All after the first baseman dropped a pop fly in foul territory. And yet, all earned runs. Bizarre. Anyway, did I mention Mike Leake, Fulbright High School? I, I, do we know anyone else who went to Fulbright High School? I, I'm not sure I do. Brooktown. All right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, anyway. It was just a terrible game. That said, Jay, I love watching baseball. I had to flip the switch. Last year, right from spring training, I knew I was going to be watching bad baseball. And so, like, it was like, hey, this is great, man. This bad baseball is still baseball. It's great. This year, I went through a little bit of a funk, much like the fans, I think, in July, where it got ugly. And I'm like, man, this stinks. I was getting used to watching good baseball. Right. Look. This is what the Padres are right now. And look at the lineup that they put out there the last two days. And the pitchers that are pitching, Javi Guerra yesterday, uh, that's the strike zone, Javi. You have to learn that there's other parts of it. And that's okay because he's been pitching for like five months. Right, um, right. This is who they are, Jay. I'm well, not saying know, it's okay, but it's who they are. Well, and I, I, it's interesting because I, I, I left this note at, at home, I think, but I, I looked yesterday. They had the 45 and 45 stretch at the start, you know, basically the first 90 games. And then I think, Yesterday made them thirteen and thirteen in their last twenty six. Yes. So that's basically a five hundred team for you know what is that ninety one hundred and sixteen games that one stretch in July, right after um, right after the break, where I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. It was something like I don't know six and seventeen or six and fifteen or I don't know somewhere in there. That was where the season obviously got away from the the wins and law. Look, we talked about this. Last week, you've written about it since then. You wrote it about it again. You wrote about it again today. This is not just about wins and losses right now. And I know that that's, I, I know that's difficult for some people to, to accept. And, and I think some people are, are just not going to accept it. 
and and they're going to get upset when you know when bad games happen and they're going to blame people and all that stuff but I, I think you know look they wouldn't be pitching Javi Guerra if these games matter they wouldn't be playing Luis Arias at shortstop if these games matter they would move Manny Machado to short they did it earlier in the season when the games did matter it's it's not that they don't know this uh, you know I, I think they're pretty smart people I, I know a lot of people maybe not wouldn't agree and at times they prop they do things that aren't very smart but they aren't this stupid you know and so the idea is let's find out we, we've explained this many times let's find out if Ty France can play second base and the only way to do that is to move Arias out of second base Obviously, Luis Arias is better at second base than he is at shortstop. It's one reason he plays there now um, as, a, as a regular position. So I, I think, you know, look, nobody wants the Padres to go out and, and lose every game, but nobody should expect the Padres to go out and, and win every game. And sometimes these weird games are going to happen where things get away from them. You know, they also want, I guess, you know, we should point out they won three out of four over the weekend. Uh on the road in San Francisco against a team that, you know, still had sort of flickering postseason hopes at that point. I'm not sure those still exist uh, anymore. But, you know, some good things happened in those uh, in those games. Yesterday was a disaster. Who knows what tonight brings? Uh, other than it's another bullpen game, starting with uh, a guy who's never pitched in the big leagues before in Ronald Bolaños. Again, if they were in contention for a playoff spot, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't see Bolaños on the mound tonight. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got. So what does he have, Kevin? Tell me. 23 years old, and he has, at least at double-A, you know, swing and miss stuff. With his, uh, with his secondary pitches. And I mentioned that before, the fastball that can reach 100, because, you know, unlike Javi Guerra, this guy has been a pitcher. Right. Um, and, and he knows how to pitch. Now, he is 23, is making the jump because they need him to, and, you know, because they want to see what he has. I believe Bolaños is, uh, has to be on the 40-man roster. I know Guerra does. It's... I believe Bolaños does, so that means, you know, hey, what does he really have? That doesn't mean if he gets shelled tonight or, you know, doesn't have a good September that they won't keep him. It's what what do we, what you know, they're going to be looking at a lot of things. Now, evidently, sometimes he can go out there and throw like 90. I don't know what this is about, but it's it's wild. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing 23-year-old Cuban, uh, the third of the Cubans to come up in that vaunted uh, 2016 international draft class. He was one of the biggies. Uh, so this is a this is a big day for, for the Padres. Um, like you said, it's a bullpen game, sort of. I mean, heck, this guy's a starter, right? Right. So remember Pedro Avila came up, and he came up in Arizona in April and threw five, uh, what, one-run innings, I think it was. I think that's I mean, it was five right. shutout. Uh, yeah, um, but I think uh, yeah. I mean, I said a bullpen game. I mean, I, uh, yeah. obviously Bolaños could. I, I presume I haven't looked at his his logs for uh, for Amarillo. I assume he could go five innings or something. Yes. I'm sure he'll have some sort of of limit on him. But yeah, it doesn't have to be one of those games where the guy just goes one or two innings. Yeah. Uh, if he pitches well, I'm sure they'll uh, you know they'll leave him in for for four or five innings. Uh, you know, and and see see how he fares during that uh, during that time. Now, what what did you get I got the impression from reading the story about Arias that was online this morning as we taped this on Tuesday that there might be a change and maybe we will see Machado at short starting tonight what uh, what's your what's your read on that I would be 
I'm going to still say that I'm, I would be surprised in that there was a reason that they, they haven't done it. There's also a reason they didn't move Machado over to short for one day. It's, it's let, you know, let the guy play one position, mm-hmm. really lock that down. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that I think it'll stay that way. Because obviously, Andy Green is talking with his players. On the other hand, oh, and I should say the other reason, is this, as you already mentioned, this was never about Urias. Like, this is not, you know, <laughs> this right. was about Tri France playing second. So they're, you know, even though there have been, what, now seven errors, and it's, it's 18 starts, but I think it's like in the last 13 starts, he, he has made seven errors at shortstop. Right, uh, although the, the one throwing error yesterday had nothing to do with the fact he was playing shortstop. I mean, he, you know, he was... Oh, no, that was just a bad play. That was just a bad play. He was in a rundown. And he it, made a bad decision and a bad throw. So, I mean, right. he could have done that as a second baseman. Uh, and and well. I will say that there have been a number of plays I think that you know uh, the first baseman has helped him out uh, also. Mm-hmm. It just it hasn't been good over there. No, and um, that's true. But I, but it's funny. I mean, you mentioned Machado and and the idea that they didn't move him over for one game. And I I know uh, Garcia played short for one game in San Francisco. Um, yes. Was it Sunday? It was. I, I believe right. And uh, and you know. There was immediate criticism, of course. Why can't Machado just play short? I don't think you want to take Machado and and go back and forth between right. short and third every other every other day. He, he, I think Machado's earned the right to play one position. Now, if they decide, look, we got to play him at shortstop, then I think they need to do that for the rest of the year. If and they, they could do that because it's gotten that bad. Right. So that was what I was going to get to. It's just, you know, look, there's this there's this experiment we want to do, and then there's, you know what, we kind of owe it to the entire team to give ourselves a, a, a good shot. <laughs> right, right. Um, so Well, that'll be something that we'll watch, um, that we'll watch later on uh, this evening. I, I do want to bring up one other thing among 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 many things but among other things the uh situation there was over the weekend in san francisco the tv crew on fox san diego it was sunday it was the last game for bruce bochy uh managing against the padres uh, and as giants manager and greg vaughn and trevor hoffman were both in san francisco to pay tribute to Boach, which is, and I guess they had a nice video and and put a sign <laughs> on the wall and that sort of thing. Uh, both Vaughn and Hoffman came up to the um, to the booth and talked with Don Orsillo and Mark Sweeney during the game, and and Sweeney had talked about this as well. And Orsillo did a really good job, as as good play by play guys do, and sort of you know setting him up and saying what with all three guys, what is it that makes for a good manager, and and what was it about playing for Boach that made him a good manager and all three of them and and none of the three spoke you know knowing what anybody else had said they basically used the same three words and they were trust communication and transparency you know nobody talked about strategy or lineup things or dealing with the media or any of that thing but from a player's perspective those were the words that that these guys talked about so what I wondered, and I'm sure a lot of other people wondered who were who were watching, and a couple did write me on Twitter and said, does our current manager, meaning the Padres' current manager, Andy Green, where does he stand on those three uh, words, I guess, with with current Padre players? It, would they talk about his, would they talk about trust, communication, and transparency? And I said, I would ask you, told one of the guys, I would ask you about it on the podcast so that's a long-winded way of saying okay 
Answer that, Kevin. Above all other things, perhaps, he has that. So as you said, there's not a mention of strategy, uh, a few other things. But in terms of transparency, probably the most important thing to Andy Green. I think in his life and uh, in dealing with his players, because that's very, very, very important to players. And what that is, is letting them know why they're playing or not playing, why they're at a certain spot, why they're going to sit, you know, as much as the manager can share with them what the organization is thinking. And and I'm telling you, I'm pretty confident saying that's at the top of Andy Green's list. Um, Communication, I mean, kind of goes along with that. He works on it. Uh, there, there can be a difference. And this isn't just Andy Green. I know some former players who are now coaches around the league. Uh, you've seen it out there, managers talking about it. The group of managers that are, we could even call them peers of ours. Andy would be, what, you know, 15 years younger than you, uh, seven or eight years younger than me. Uh, but, you know, around the same time in terms of generational, they're learning how to communicate with millennials and whatever comes after millennials, right? Those <laughs> right. guys are starting. And there is a difference. Heck, I had a conversation with my wife about it last night. There is a learning period. And so um, without, you know, sending a whole podcast on it, Andy and his coaches are learning that. Um, but so is every manager around the league. I just wanted to cover that. And I also uh, want to cover – I don't want people to think that your wife is a millennial, by the way, that, that you know – No, but my kids are. Your kids are, exactly. <laughs> I, I, do want to, I do want to point that out just in case anybody might look askance at that. So – uh, so thank goodness she's not. <laughs> uh, so. And then trust, the other thing is – I mean the, the, the trust. The they players. all go together. Mm-hmm. The, and the players, above all, trust Andy Green. Now, does that mean they got, some guys don't have issues? No. Does that mean you know that he hasn't had to learn a few things? No. But above all, these things that they mentioned, Andy Green has. So if I guess if if Greg Vaughn and uh, you know Trevor Hoffman were were hiring uh, and, and firing, that, that Andy Green's job would be safe. Right. Well, I mean, at least in those areas, and if those are the most important, <laughs> he would check those boxes for them, right? And then they would move on to the other things, right? And I guess you know, obviously, there's many other things that uh, um, maybe players don't have. Maybe players have an issue with because you've you've mentioned that before that there are players who you know grumble sometimes. At, I'm sure at strategy and lineup and that. Now again, and and those aren't all Andy Green things. Those are uh, you know, I, I those are organizational decisions for the most part uh and so it, you know, it, not to put you on the spot jay but i'll you know since my boss will never hear this i'll just say it you know there's sometimes i might disagree with my boss too what wait and we get along famously but i would hope that if you disagree with me again using those words that it wouldn't <laughs> that it wouldn't be because of something that wasn't transparent or something that wasn't communicated uh, to you, because I, I think those are very important uh, qualities for for a manager to yes, have in, in any in any business, not a not a baseball manager, but any any manager at uh, you know in a business that that's what I know I strive for in terms yes. of with dealing with employees is that that they should trust me to be to communicate with them and to be transparent with them as much as I can. 
And there you uh, go. So I, not I, all employees understand that there's a caveat of as much as you can. <laughs> but right. anyway, we're getting deep into the weeds. But like it, it's because there's a lot that goes into this decision. Um, and you know what? I want to just throw this out there. I don't think I've mentioned this here or anywhere. You know, sometimes a change is just made. It happens. Right. No. And sometimes I, I think sometimes a change has to be made. And. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying specifically in this instance whether it does because I really don't. I really don't know. But there are times, and I, I felt this was the case. To go back to what we used to, to what we used to cover, uh, you know, a guy like Norv Turner. I thought, you know, you could make a case sometimes for Norv Turner as a guy who look. He took the Chargers to an AFC Championship game. He had a 13 and three season. At, at some point, though, mm-hmm. things kept happening, and you felt like, you know what, you just need to make. A, a change and and I re, and that may be the case here and and honestly I thought that was the case when Bruce Bochy was here with the Padres he had been here for a long long time there were a lot of fans I'm sure a lot of the fans now that grumble about Andy Green grumbled about Bruce Bochy because I remember seeing the emails uh, at the time and hearing the phone calls there were a lot of people fed up with Bruce Bochy at that point the Padres <laughs> hadn't done anything in the playoffs uh, you know in 05 and 06 and uh, you know they were competitive, but they weren't. They couldn't get past the Cardinals. I think they won one game in those two playoff, uh, those two postseasons. And and I think there was a, a pretty large faction of Padre fans that were just as happy to say, okay, you know what, we've seen enough of of Bochy. It's been ten years, almost ten years since we were in the World Series. Let's try somebody new. Uh, you know, and again, that may that may be the case coming up with Andy Green. It may be the case after this year, and may, maybe he gets another year to. To, to show what he can do, you know, with a presumably mm-hmm. better team and that kind of thing. But you're right. Sometimes change just has to be made for the sake of for the sake of trying something different. Um, I don't know if that's if that's going to happen here or not. Yeah, if he starts next year as the Potters' manager, which I'm inclined to believe that he will, then <laughs> well, it'll be it'll be hot seat from uh, March 26th. Right, right. No, and, I, and it'll I would cool down that. if they start hot, and it'll get hotter until he's gone. Uh, if they don't, right, so. right. So there we go. Uh, all right, what else do we have? Uh, well, we got two games against two the games Diamondbacks against left we got, here. So. Right, we got Merrill Kelly pitching tonight for Arizona. He's not anything special. Uh, tomorrow, I'm eager to see the matchup of Zach Gallen, a rookie who was with Miami earlier in the year, and now. With Arizona, and he's made he's made twelve starts this year with a two seven nine ERA uh, between the two between the two teams that he's been on, and he goes against Chris Paddock, who looked much better. We haven't even talked since Paddock's last start um, again facing the Giants again. Not a very good team, but Pat, I thought Paddock looked really good that night. Uh, what did you see from him, and and what do you expect tomorrow when he's obviously facing a better team? major leaguers uh, who had seen him before so yeah the giants were not the red Sox. um so uh but again he was facing him again and many of them had seen him and many of them are, are good hitters and his fastball uh command was better his changeup was slightly better i mean he's still not uh he's he is at the end of uh you know a long season for for him for sure uh, and i thought that it was uh, extremely telling of of what chris paddock has and exactly why the padres you know, continued to and will continue to keep him going this season. I, 
the guy's his, uh, velocity was was up. It's dip. It's top point is is dipping. Uh, but he was all over the strike zone with that fastball. He's very uh, been very stubborn about where he throws it. He was throwing it low. He was throwing it in and out. Uh, and that's when he's best is when he can put it where he wants to. When you see Chris Paddock just barely missing and putting it where he wants to, that's Chris Paddock. And and that was as good as he'd looked in 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 a while in in terms of that. Again. Got away from some things because he's going against the Giants. And I only say that to sort of nitpick because I know what Chris Paddock and what the Padres expect of him. I thought, though, for that to be, you know, he he crossed the, what, 130 uh, innings? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, no, he got close to one, cool. 125 something. Anyway, huge, huge start for a rookie who I, I expect is going to be, you know, all, much better next year. Right. And I, I think these next, I mean, assuming he makes these next three starts um he'll be facing the diamondbacks tomorrow he'll get the Mm -hmm. cubs next tuesday uh back here at petco and then he wouldn't pitch again until milwaukee the uh the following monday so again that's three that's three good teams and then he would probably if he if he kept going you'd probably see him twice more once or twice more against Arizona so and if he does Jay is is an if because absolutely Andy Green talked to him on Friday I think I wrote that on Friday Uh, and just to just to check in with him and let him know hey you know it's being talked about a lot um you know not that this is the first time they checked in but it was you know hey you just need to be honest with us you come back after your starts if you looked good if you feel good you'll keep going that's where they're at right now right no and I I think that's exactly how they should uh, handle it, and then Thursday against the Cubs. Their midweek series are against the Cubs and, and Dodgers. And then you come home with a, a home stand against, against the, Rockies the Rockies on the weekend. And, Diamondbacks. and then <laughs> well, I think four against the Cubs. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and Diamondbacks. I know that uh, that's some the Diamondbacks. I do want to point out one thing because they they did something that I I believe no team had ever done. Um, from June 18 until August 29, so more than two months, they were never more than two games above or below 500, which is just kind of that just struck me as a staggering uh, statistic. Uh, they finally got three over last weekend when they were in the process of beating the Dodgers, uh, three out of four. Right now they sit four over, and um, they're still in, they're still playing for something. I mean they're three and a half behind the Cubs for the second wild card spot and. Uh, uh, right in there with Philly and Milwaukee and the Mets, so uh, you know it's, it's a pretty not good a bad, lineup. It really uh, is. It's not Even a bad the team that they, that they lost, have. I mean, their run differential lineup. plus seventy five. So they've obviously Archie done a good Bradley job throughout uh, for like the, throughout the eighth season. time in ten days when they were going for the sw- <laughs> their first franchise sweep uh, against the Dodgers. I mean, how could he not have used his closer again uh, that day? That's, that's Tori Lavella's fault. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll uh, I'm sure he'll be on the hot seat any day now for uh, for that, but. Uh, Anyway, Kevin, uh, I would tell you to enjoy Phoenix, but it's Phoenix and it's September, so I'm sure it's a hundred bajillion degrees there. But at least the at least the games are indoors, and at least you get to leave on uh, <laughs> on, on Thursday. Just when I just when probably most of Arizona is heading back or has headed back for uh, uh, for school and and everything else with summer over, you. Uh, you get to escape, and uh, I get to come back though for the final back. three games of the season. Oh, that's right, that's right. It's not even your last trip there. So, uh, <laughs> what a weird schedule they they played Arizona. What was it, ten times through May twenty second or something, and then didn't play them for more than three months. 
and now have to play him nine times in the last three weeks. So. I love, I enjoy though, like the the different things in the schedule. Like I've just started perusing next year's. The Padres, I believe, have three wraparound series. I believe they're on the road all three holidays again. Okay, okay. The, the baseball the labor memorial, Fourth uh, of July labor. I hate, I'm pretty I hate that. sure. I'm pretty sure that they play. Three times on Monday, they complete a four-game series on a Monday. Huh? Uh, it's incredible. Like, That's but, so weird, hey. especially because I don't think we we haven't seen that at all the last couple of years. Well, they they did one early when they helped. They were the visiting team when uh, SunTrust Park opened in Atlanta. Oh, uh, last a couple year. years ago. A couple years. But ago, yeah, yeah, it is extremely rare. And I, it's at least two, and I swear I saw a third. And but that's like baseball is just such a mess, like in terms of you know what it requires to play the 162 games in 181 days or whatever it is. It's uh, there's always something. Yeah, that is uh, Fun. true. So anyway, Kevin, enjoy the next couple of days and safe travels home, and we will talk again on Friday. Thanks, everybody.